Welcome to season two of the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. This season features our biblical teaching segment, Study With Me, where we read through portions of the Old and New Testament, and Sip and Say with Stephanie, where you hear Stephanie's perspective on social issues, world events, and whatever is on her mind. Join us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Want to leave Stephanie a message? Go to our podcast on Anchor FM and click the message button, and you just might be featured on her podcast. Don't forget to like and share your favorite episodes. We look forward to engaging with you soon. Blessings. Welcome to Sip and Say with Stephanie. <laughs> hey, everybody, how are you doing? Woohoo! We've made it five days in the week so far. I have two more days to go Friday and Saturday. How are you doing? How's everything going? How is life with you? Life for me is very good. I had a really good day today, a productive day. Um, Actually, it's been a really productive week. So this week, what I decided to do is, which is what I was doing in previous weeks and months, but I haven't done it in a while. So what I decided to do was get my whiteboard. So I have these whiteboards. I actually have two of them. And... um, at work and so usually I would use my whiteboards put my to-do list on at least one actually let me backtrack I actually have three whiteboards I got one hanging up on the magnetic um, cabinet that's by my desk and then I have two portables that sit on my desk so I was using the one the magnetic one and it was like I'm too it's too far away from my desk and so this week I've pulled out both of my portable um, dry erase boards and I've been putting my to-do list on it and I've been marking off what I needed to get done and then what I accomplished. And y'all, it has made me feel so good at the end of every day to show my productivity, to show this is what I accomplished today. And am I celebrating every day? Yes, I am. I'm celebrating the win. I am celebrating getting things done every day this week and getting things done as the week has progressed. Now, today was the first day that my director called me and Stephanie, you know, she called me into her office and I wrote down what she wanted me to do. And then a few minutes later, she was like, Stephanie, and I took my note because whenever she calls my name, I take my notebook in so I can write notes to make sure that I am completing the tasks that she's asking me to do. So. I got one of those tasks done. Actually, I actually got both of the tasks done in addition to the to-do list that I had already planned for myself. So maybe a to-do list doesn't work for you. Whatever works for you, do what works for you so that you can accomplish the things that you want to accomplish each and every day. Whether you're working, whether you are retired, whether you are on vacation. I know for me on vacation, I'm resting. Resting is the whole to-do list, right? So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, get a list, get a plan, get whatever works for you to stay organized and be productive during that day, do it. You know, I know productivity is not, can be a taboo term, but that's a term that I choose to use. You can use whatever works for you, whatever 
you're comfortable with, whatever supports you and builds you up in who you are and, and what you're accomplishing in life or what you're wanting to accomplish in life. So whatever works for you. So it has been a productive day this week. Thanks, check plus plus for my whiteboards. <laughs> and I got everything, now today I got everything done on my list. I think I had one thing to do because I needed to do it in parts. And so, which involved a meeting with other people and then me writing my notes. And now I really wanna just type up the notes that I um, took at the meeting because it's a system, it's a, uh, not a new system that we're working with, but it's an old system with new upgrades. We got some updates and some upgrades. So I didn't get a chance to type those up. I'm gonna type them up and put them on the board that sits on the wall in front of me. So when I start working in this system next month, I'll start working in it again next month, then I'll have all of my notes, I'll have all of the directions to uh, work the upgrade, like I'll have the directions and actually be able to access and utilize the upgrade, some of which I asked for, so I'm really excited about that. So anyway, it's been a productive day. How your day been? <laughs> Drop it in the chat, add it to the comment section if you're listening to the rebroadcast. You know, I know it seems like every time I come on, I'm happy, I'm excited because God is good. <laughs> God is simply good. This is Sip and Say with Stephanie. I'm going to say what I, God is good. Everything may not feel good to me right now. But I, I believe by the word of God that it's working for my good. So I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to act as if, walk as if, talk as if, live as if what I've been asking God for is already done. I've already got the title deed to what I've been asking God for. So I'm excited. I'm thankful to be here. Thankful to be in the land of the living. Thankful to be breathing activity in my limbs. I have not heard from any family members that that sickness has happened or that death has occurred. So I am thankful that my family is alive, that my family is doing well. God is good. It just is what it is. God is good. He's just so good. Things do not always happen in our life that feels good to us. You know, like when we go through breakups, when we lose a job, when we uh, a loved one passes away, those things do not feel good at all. But even in the times where we're grieving, any, any, even during the times when things are unsettling in our lives or things are unraveling in our lives, or it seems like every door is closed in our face, even in those times, God is still good. <laughs> Because it's opportunity for us to grow. It's opportunity for us to learn a new skill. It's opportunity for us to draw strength in places we didn't even know we were, we had strength in. So yeah, just accept, not, 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 I won't say accept, but just take a minute to navigate through the grief and the hurt and the loss and the disappointment and the frustration. Take some time to navigate through those feelings. And I promise you, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, God will help you navigate those feelings and he will lead you. <laughs> Let me make sure I got my scripture right. Dear Lord, all, y'all, all, all that ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. If you acknowledge God, or you acknowledge God and then acknowledge how you're feeling to God, be honest with him. God, I'm angry. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm disappointed. God, my feelings are hurt. Whatever it is, acknowledge it to God and ask God to give you wisdom. Ask God to give you help. 
Ask God to give you strength. Ask God to give you a plan. Ask God to give you strategy so that you can move forward. It's okay to stay there for a minute and, and grieve. It's okay to feel that disappointment. It's okay to feel that hurt. Just don't stay there too long. Now, I can't tell you how long you should grieve because that's, you know, that's up to you. But just don't stay in those places of darkness or in those places of disappointment and hurt. Just don't stay there too long because we don't want it to be a permanent state of being, okay? So don't stay there too long. I had not planned to say all that, <laughs> but that's okay. God is good. So look, y'all. I wanted to give you, oh, let me tell you what I'm sipping on. So I'm sipping on water. I don't have a clear glass tonight, so you really don't know what I'm sipping on. <laughs> I could be sipping on something I didn't want y'all to see. Let's just say how it is. But no, seriously, I am sipping on water tonight. This is my pottery. I got this. I went to a festival. Me and a friend of mine went to a festival last year, 2021. Y'all who know me, y'all, it was an outdoor festival. I did have my mask, and so... Um, there was a lot of people there, but it was comfortable when we were waiting in line. We were social distancing, even though it was outside. So it was at a festival and I got this. There is a young lady. Her name is Dolores. It's Dolores Pottery, y'all. I'm going to put the link in my description. And I got this cup for her. I have the top. The top is sitting over there on the counter. It came with this cup. It came with the holder and a top. It's really a coffee mug, which is why this is here. So you can put either hot or cold drinks in here. I love this mug. I would hold up because she puts a little mark on the bottom. And you can actually find Dolores Pottery on social media. On her Instagram, she has videos of her actually creating all of her beautiful um, clay. Um, yeah, clay pottery all over i'll just say pottery all of her beautiful pottery which is done out of clay and she takes you from i feel like one of the videos she's actually molding the clay but most of them that i've seen she's actually on the wheel on the potter's wheel and she's spinning and she's shaping and she is such a joy to watch like i love to watch her work i love to watch her create these beautiful amazing pieces of artwork i know this is a cup but it's a piece of artwork as well she makes them of course she stains them i wish you can see the inside if i finish drinking this before sipping is over i'll show you the inside the outside is tan as you can see but i don't know if you can see this little bit of um it's really teal kind of like a just a hint of teal it's actually teal on the inside it's teal and brown on the inside and so i'm gonna take a sip my water i know my mom thinking girl what you got drinking in that cup <laughs> but it's really water because i have not had i can tell by the water i take an aluminum water bottle to work and i can tell how much water i drink or if i've had enough water by how much is left in my container and then how my body is feeling and y'all i probably drank the container is like a 60 ounce. I probably only drank about that much of water today and I feel like I feel thirsty. So I know I, I was like, I can't, I wanted to do some hot chocolate because I have one cocoa bomb left, but I was like, I need to be drinking some water so I can rehydrate. Woohoo! All right. So I told you all back in November, I think it was, maybe October, I think it was November, that I was going to give you an update of Flawless Natural Soaps. So y'all, I love Flawless Natural Soaps. Like, it is my, I actually have some natural soaps that I had, you know, over a couple, over a little bit, of, a little bit of while, or a little while, 
And because I usually buy in bulk and I buy um, natural soaps, I buy in bulk. And so I have a couple of bars left. I think I'm gonna end up giving them away because like I am sold with natural flawless soaps. Like I'm like flawless natural soaps rather. Like I'm done, like I love Bianca's products. I use the um, avocado coffee mint on my face. And I told you I, you all, I use a lemongrass. I should have bought it out here, but the lemongrass moisturizer on my face. I use the, the um, which one do I use for my body? I can't remember which one I use for my body. It's about gone. <laughs> it's about gone. And I have actually made a or another order in December. I gave um, some of her, she had a Christmas box, a couple of different Christmas boxes to choose from. So I gave the soap and the moisturizer box to some family members. So I'm going to have to check in with them to see what they think about Flawless Natural Soaps. But I'm glad I bought some extra soaps because I'm, I'm about to be out of the... I think I bought... I had like four bars the first time. So I'm about to be out. So I'm glad I bought some more in December. Get you some Flawless Natural Soaps. I will add Bianca's link again to the, to the description. I love it. And y'all, one thing... Y'all don't think I'm gross when I say this, but this is Sip and Say with Stephanie. You know, I'm gonna, this is my podcast. This is my YouTube. I'm going to say what I want to say. Other natural, so I've been using natural soaps now for about at least eight years, maybe a little bit more, somewhere between eight to 10 years, I've been using natural soaps. And sometimes when I wash my privacy areas, the soap would burn. There is no burning with flawless natural soaps. And I love that because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Because I would have to like wash really quick, rinse really, really quick. And then if I felt like washing again, washing again, and rinse really quick, because the soap would, it just, it was some burning sensations there. And I think it's just because of maybe some of the properties that they put in the soap. Like it wasn't like all natural, like Bianca soaps are. I don't know what it was. Um, but whatever it was, it was a little irritation there, a little, a little burning, you know. With Bianca soaps, there are no irritations. There are no, there's no burning sensations when I use her soaps in my privacy areas. And I'm thankful for that. Like, I love that. Like, that's one of the biggest, besides her soaps, smelling beautiful, having a beautiful presentation, the different um, or the variety of ingredients that she puts together to produce her soaps. Um, aside of all of that, just, just not having that burning, that was enough. I'm like, I'm done. Flawless Natural Soaps is the soap that I will be using moving forward. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I said, I'll probably end up giving away the other natural soaps that I have because I will not be using them, let me tell you. So I wanted to give you an update. The products are still wonderful, still going strong. I still love the moisturizer. I think that the only thing I haven't used yet, y'all, is the cognac um, uh, sponge for my face. So what I end up doing, I usually wash my face when I'm in the shower. And then sometimes um, at night, I'll just do like a wash at night. So I'm not, you know, cause sometimes I do shower in the morning, even or whatever. But, um, so I haven't used a, the, so, so I'm usually just putting water on my hand and washing my face with my hands. And so that's the only product that I haven't used. So I'll have to tell you all how that is when I start to use it on my face. At Christmas, I also got some of Bianca's lip balm. She has the peppermint lip balm, and the other one is, I wanna say it's got some, it's honey. I can't be sure, um, but I think it's a honey lip balm. So I've been using the purple mint lip balm, and I do like it. Um, I like the soaps better, but the balm is good too. So try it and see, you know, how it works for you. Okay, so that's my flawless natural soaps update. All right, so let's get into what we're gonna talk about tonight. So y'all look, I know I told you all we're gonna talk about the Build Back Better Act 
and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Well, we're not going to talk about the John Lewis Voting Rights Act tonight because it's a lot of pages and I didn't have time to really dive in it and pull out what I wanted to pull out to share with you tonight. So this is what I'm going to do next week. Let me look at my calendar because it is the 27th. Oh, next week is the first Thursday. So I'm not going to be able to do it next week. So what I was thinking about doing is I might do a special Saturday session with the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, or I might just wait until the next sip and stay with Stephanie. However it is, if you have your notifications on, um, you'll get a notification. If you don't have your notifications on, Put them on because if I do a special session, I don't think I'm going to do it live. I think I'm just going to do a recording and do a premiere. However it works out, I will try to let you all know um, via maybe a short video or either doing the premiere or whatever. I'll try to let you all know. But if you don't see anything on Saturday, I'm probably not going to do it. I'll just wait until next month when we do sip and say so I have like I said I just want to make sure I'm giving you some accurate information and pulling out some um, parts of the voting rights act that we can talk about okay awesome so I see um, oh I see I'm just gonna take a minute just to say hey to everybody oh I realize I have not logged in <laughs> I was about to say hey to everybody on my chat but I realize I'm not even logged in so I'm gonna take a minute to do that Hey everybody, I see y'all. Woohoo, how y'all doing? I am doing great. I'm glad you all are with me. I'm really excited to be sharing what, you know what, this is not gonna cooperate with me tonight. So you know what, I'm just gonna move on. I'm not gonna be able to chat with y'all right now, but, um, oh, here it is. Oh, wait a minute. My my computer's acting like, like it's doing right. It's doing right right now. Okay, hold on y'all. So what I did, you all, I went to the um, whitehouse.gov to get the information to share with you tonight. I remember that there was one episode, maybe in the fall, that I mentioned a few things in the Build Back Better Act, but we're going to talk about it just a little bit more on tonight. Let's talk about some things that you might feel are relevant to you, all right? So again, you can find this information on whitehouse.gov. Yeah, whitehouse and you can also look at the act on congress.gov, okay? I'll add those links to the description so you'll have them for easy reference. So I really just want to mention that the Build Back Better framework or act or bill, you know, it was introduced in the House on November 19th of last year. It was voted on, um, it was voted on and passed 220 yays and, one, and 213 nays. So it did pass in the House. This month in January is January 27th, so they only have, what, 28, 29, 34 more days. The Senate is supposed to be voting on the Build Back Better Act or the Build Back Better Framework this month, like within the next four days. They may end up pushing it back. I don't know, but they were or are supposed to be voting on it. So we'll see what the Senate says about this. It doesn't I'm not going to say it doesn't look hopeful, but I know that there are some senators that don't like bits and pieces of the Build Back Better Act. So we'll just have to see what, how that conversation goes in Congress um, and we'll, you know, to determine if they're going to pass it or not. All right. So I want to give you a few highlights of the Build Back Better Act. And it's called on the WhiteHouse.gov, it's called the Build Back Better Framework because I think they're just giving us an overall view of the parts of the Build Back Better Act. Okay, it's a mouthful, right? All right. 
So these are a few things as it relates to children. Like I'm really excited about this. I actually have talked to my director and the coordinator of our program about this because this particular part of the Build Back Better Act affects me directly and affects my job directly. <laughs> so I was really interested to see like if this act passes, how will my job change? And they assured me, I'm not gonna lose my job. That part I'm not worried about, but just what, like how will my duties change? And so the Build Back Better Act offers universal and free preschool for all three and four-year-olds. This will be amazing for families to have this resource. They don't have to pay for it. It will be universal, it, meaning it's open for, to everybody, and it will be absolutely free to children ages three and four. Right now, the program that I work with is a Title I program. Our program is only open to four-year-olds, children who turn four before on or before August 31st. And so being able to expand pre-K to three-year-olds will be amazing because they'll have more time to learn the skills that they need to learn in order to, I would say, be successful or have a good foundation for when they attend kindergarten. Kindergarten today is not like kindergarten when I went to school. And we still did math, look, reading, writing, arithmetic, reading, writing, arithmetic. That's what we did. It's the same framework today, but it's more intense. Like I taught kindergarten for a year, y'all. I was teaching kindergartners. We talking five and six year olds. I was teaching them how to do opinion writing, I was teaching them how to compare and contrast a story. Like kindergarten, the, the, um, we have um, the standard course of study in North Carolina. It's a standard course of study. And so there are you know, benchmarks and, um, that we must follow that all the children need to have attained by the time they go to first grade. Y'all, it's a lot and it is rigorous. And so having a universal pre-k program where three and four year olds are getting that foundation being able to sit down and listen to the children being able to learn how to hold a pen properly in order to write their name write alphabet write numbers write sight word, words write sentences they'll be able to social um socialize with their peers to build that social emotional development they'll learn like approaches to play and learning they'll know how to engage with their peers how to play with them how to share how to ask for a toy if they want a toy that another child has and then if the child says no they learn how to wait until the child finishes and gets that toy back like they'll be learning all of this their cognitive development which is like their abcs one two threes uh, again those sight words um uh, learning like informational text, like, you know, I don't know, whatever, like sea animals, like learning what are all the sea animals, what are all the forest animals. Um, they'll learn some math concepts, like one-to-one -one correspondence, which is like counting one, two, three, four, that's one-to-one correspondence, putting, putting your finger on each item and, and um, being able to count those. They'll learn patterning, just like if you give them a bunch of blocks and you do like yellow, green, yellow, green, that's patterning, or you can do like a three, like a three color pattern or whatever, children will learn all of this at three years old if the Build Back Better Act passes and we get this universal pre-K. I'm really excited about this and I think that it's needed, child. Children need to be in school. Like I know we have daycares, I know we have early learning centers, but if you're talking about 
universal pre-K, you are talking about a curriculum that that teaches you. Not to say they're not teaching in the daycare, y'all. Don't say that. Stephanie said that. I used to work in a daycare. As a matter of fact, my first job at 16 was at a daycare, and it was a whole lot different than it is now. Some of the stuff they were doing were, were was illegal, I think, now that I know better. <laughs> But we're not going to talk about that because ain't nobody going to jail, praise the Lord. But it the, the curriculum will be focused on um, their particular learning and development at the age that they are, at that three-year-old age and that four-year-old age, you know. It, it, it will just be amazing. And I I know, like, I've, like I said, I've talked to my supervisors, my directors, so I know kind of how my job might shift if this happens. Because right now I do the screening for our Title I program. So what that means is I, I am the one that leads the assessments. In order for children, the four-year-old children, to qualify for our program, they have to do an assessment or a screening to determine their eligibility. So this screening takes them through their motor skills, through cognitive development, um, and other things. And so I would still screen the children, but the data would be used to kind of like a beginning of the year, like this is where the child is, this is the data, this is where the child is right now in August. So let's look at where they're gonna be in December, January, which is the middle of the year, where are they gonna be in June? So it really will be a data point where we can have the screening at the beginning of the year and then be able to monitor their growth to the end of the year. So that's kind of how my job would change. Um, I wouldn't have to do that full, very intensive screening that I'm doing now. Um, it would just be modified, I think, based on the guidelines that will be given once this act passes, all right? So we'll have a little bit of different guidelines, but the same principles of seeing where our children are and then helping them in their growth and development, you know? So I'm excited about this. I don't know if you are, if you have a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old that would benefit from this, but like, that's just the first thing and I took a long time with that. But yeah, that's like pre-K is my area, y'all. This is what I do. I work in the Office of Early Education. So I'm really excited. Um, um, and the, the, the app for the universal and, and free preschool is really focusing on those low wealth families, like maybe families who are not able to afford quality health care for their child. This a portion of the app will really focus in on those children. So if they are lacking in any way, we can get them in the in a um in either in the school system or in a pre-K program in a child development center. So we can give them the skills that they need so when they go to kindergarten they are ready for that rigorous curriculum that they'll have. Okay. So I'm excited excited, but I'm really excited about that because like I said, pre-K, that's my okay, I'm going to calm down. Praise the Lord. All right. The Build Back Better Act will also make a large investment in child care. It, I don't know how much, um, but it says that it will save American families more than half of their spending on child care. So if families can save putting their child in a daycare or a child care center, I know that will really help families, especially single parent families, even sometimes in a two parent family, they may not make enough 
to put food on the table, get their children the clothes and the shoes that they need if they start growing out of their, you know, existing wardrobe. You know, they may have to determine, like, are we going to pay, you know, the daycare bill or the, you know, the regular house bills or apartment bills? So this could be a huge savings for those low-wealth families or those families who might be struggling, struggling, excuse me, financially giving them some financial relief so that their child can still be in a quality child care program, but not as much, not, not, but for, but not for as much money. That's how I want to say it. And y'all, I don't know if y'all have small children, like some, some of the listeners, your, your children may be grown and gone and you're glad about it, you know, but for some listeners, you may have still have small children. Child care is a beast. Like child care is probably like, my house, my house payment or a, a couple of house payments or like the house and the carpet, like childcare is very expensive. Like in a quality, what's considered like quality, I'm thinking of one center in particular, I won't say their name. When I worked there, the infant was like 1100 um, somewhere around in there, about 1100 for an infant to attend. This is a month, y'all. Like that's a lot. I mean, you add that up, that's like over $12,000, 12000 um, one times 12 is like, so like $13,000 just for childcare. I'm just, that's a lot. So if families could have that relief and be able to pay just half of their bill, that would be, that would be amazing. So we need this, you know, um, the affordable or the build back better, um, that will also deliver affordable, high quality care for older Americans and people with disabilities in their home. So I didn't get the specifics of this one, but you all, like I said, you can go to whitehouse.gov and get the information for yourself. And so it supports the work. It will, it will also support the workers who provide care for them. So the elderly, adults with disabilities, and their caregivers. I don't know about you all, we, we have um, a few children in our family with disabilities, two in, that, are, that I know of, and then we have a few elderly within our family. And thankfully, y'all, thankfully, nobody in my family, including my 90 plus grandfather, needs um, an adult, you know, to care for them right now. And I'm thankful for that. But if my family members need that care, I'm thankful that there will be some type of relief, some type of help, help for them to be taken care of in their senior age, okay? So again, I didn't get the details of this one, so you can go back and read it for yourself. The disability, helping family, not families, but adults with disabilities, that's right up my alley to y'all. I work with children with disabilities who, you know, are gonna grow up to be adults with disabilities, so I'm thankful that they will get some help. A lot of times, children and adults with disabilities, they get overlooked, they get forgotten about, they kind of get thrown to the wayside. So I really appreciate the, the um, framers of this Build Back Better. I appreciate them adding President Biden and, and uh, Vice President Harris and their team. I appreciate them adding this particular um, piece of the Build Back Better. All right, so I know that was a mouthful, right? Woo, I'm, I'm doing some talking and I even take a sip. Woo, shoo, shoo. All right, y'all, I'm just on the first part. That's why I knew, I knew I could not do the John Lewis act tonight because this is just the first part. So the last thing that I want to talk about with the um, investment in children and caregiving is the Build Back Better will provide 39 million households 
up to 3,600 or 300 per month in tax cuts per child by extending the American Rescue Plan's expanded child tax credit. Now, families, I, I don't know how many families are already taking advantage of this, but there are families which could be you. You're already, you have already been taking advantage of this child tax credit. I hope that it has helped you do what you need to do to support your family. But this is a clincher, you all. The tax credit ends, it, it ends, it's done with at the end of the year. So there are some Democrats that want to extend the credit to $300 per month. This may have been at the end of last year, you all. And the tax credit may have ended last year, but there are some conversations about extending it. So hopefully that decision is being discussed now so we can find out if the Build Back Better has um, been extended. Give me just a minute. I'm going to add just something to the chat. I'm just going to add just something to the chat, y'all, because I have a few of my faithful people watching and they added what they were drinking. So I wanted to add something to that. Okay. So that's the end of the investment in children and caregiving. So y'all, those are some really good pieces of the Build Back Better that will support our children, support the elderly and those with disabilities. So I, I love that. All right. The next part of the Build Back Better Act is climate change. You all know there have been just a lot going on with our environment, which I'm going to get into in just a minute. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the Build Back Better plan will address some of the climate change that we have been experiencing over the years, okay? So it will deliver substantial customer rebates and tax credits to reduce costs for middle-class families that shift to clean energy and electrification, all right? So that ensures, oh, so that was that. Y'all, I have, y'all, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I have been thinking about I've been thinking about composting, but I don't think I'm going to compost because I don't want the responsibility of making sure that stays like bug free and fly free and all that. So I don't think I'm going to go there, but I have been thinking about, which we're going to get into this a little bit, but I have been thinking about how can I like utilize rainwater? Like how can I use, utilize rainwater to help like conserve, conserve water. Like I, I wouldn't use rainwater like to take a bath or anything like that, but I I don't know. I probably could use it like to water the garden when I do start my garden. I do have a plot of land that's ready for me to garden on it, but like, you know, maybe to water the garden, to wash my car, to do different things. I have seriously been thinking about that. I've done just a little bit of research. I really need to do some more research to see how I can like capture rainwater and how I can use it in order to conserve water as much as I can. All right, so that's just something on my radar. So the Build Back Better plan, the climate change portion of the Build Back Better Act will ensure clean energy technology from wind turbine blades to solar panels to electric cars. Y'all, I've been thinking about buying an electric car, like not this year, like not anytime soon, but I have been thinking about like my next car. 
I think I want an electric car. I'm nervous about that because I, I, I have no idea what it means to have an electric car, except that I don't have to have gas anymore. I actually have to charge it up. I think for me, keeping it charged would be the thing that might be um, difficult for me. But I truly have been thinking about purchasing an electric car for my next car. So we'll see how it goes. I definitely need to do more research to make sure that I'm taking care of the car like it should be taken care of. But it's definitely something I've been thinking about. So um, I talked about clean energy um, from wind turbine blades to solar panels to electric cars. These things will be built in the United States, you all, with American-made steel and other materials which will create jobs, y'all, job creation, hundreds of jobs to ensure clean energy technology, y'all. So I looked up a few things. I have that part, like say it's typed here, because I looked up a few um, pieces of information about clean energy. So let me tell you about the clean energy. Wind, water, solar, nu nu nuclear, bioenergy and geothermal. So those are the types of clean energy or clean energy technology that our department of the U.S. Department of Energy, they are working on. So you know me, I was just like, I know what wind power is, I know what water power and solar, but I really needed to look up nuclear because I know, you know, I've heard of nuclear bombs, of course, but I didn't know that we could use nuclear like, um, whatever, you know, in order to have clean energy. So I looked up nuclear, I looked up bioenergy, and I looked up geothermal just so I would know what it is. I still don't understand it. I'm going to just be honest with y'all. I do. I'm not a scientist. I don't think I have a, I have a scientific mind on some levels, but at this level, my scientific mind is not fully grasping what all of this means. But I think the more that I do research on it, the more I will understand it. So I will share it with you so you can have the information and then you can look it up for yourself. And y'all, and this is what I want to say. I have been thinking about solar panels. So I got a new roof. I had some damage to my roof um, in 2019. So I got a new roof in 2019. And so I saw where I think Duke Energy was giving away um not giving away solar panels, but they had a solar panel program. But by the time I went in to try to get a part of it, y'all, it was over. Like it, the, I guess they had reached their max limit of people like applying for this program. So I missed that window of opportunity. I need to check and see. But I was just like, do I want solar panels on my brand new roof? Like my roof look good. So solar panels is a thought. Um, again, something that I've been thinking about. I have not done any research on it. I don't know how much it would cost. But it's just something that has been on my mind. Then I thought about, you know, if I decide to sell my home, would that be a hindrance to the a potential home buyer? Will that be a, you know, a plus to the potential home buyer? So, you know, thinking about all of these things. But I have seriously been thinking about solar panels for my home to help power my home. All right. So let's get into this. So nuclear power is the use of, and I found all of this on energy.gov, right? Yep, on energy.gov. So this is part of the U.S. Department of Energy's website. You can find all this information there. I got it word for word. This is not my information. I'm not plagiarizing. Get this straight from the United States Department of Energy, okay? So nuclear power is the use of sustained nuclear fission, fission, yeah, to generate heat and electricity. 
And actually, nuclear power contributes about 20% of like the electricity in America. So I did not know that. I did not know that 20% of electricity was powered by nuclear power. I'm like, okay, we're making some progress, right? So um, it says here that the United States has, has used nuclear power for more than 60 years to produce reliable, low-carbon energy and to support the and to support, excuse me, the national defense activity. So that's probably why I didn't know that nuclear power was used because it supports, in one aspect, it supports the national defense activities. So that was good to know that we're not just using electricity on everything. So that's nuclear power. Um, let's get to geothermal energy. Geothermal energy is heat derived below the Earth's surface, which can be harnessed, y'all. I've never thought about this. Y'all know how the, the, the core of the Earth and the layers under the Earth, that's heat, is hot? Well, geothermal energy or the, or the heat derived below the Earth's surface can be harnessed to generate clean, renewable energy. I didn't know that. That's exciting to know that, y'all. Um, it's a vital, this says, uh, this vital clean energy resource supplies renewable power around the clock and emits little or no greenhouse gases. I cannot remember what greenhouse gases is. I'm about to look it up. I forgot to look up what greenhouse gases is. Y'all don't talk about me for not knowing. It's okay. I'm about to look it up now. So the greenhouse gas, it actually traps heat in the atmosphere and it warms the planet, which is how we've gotten all of this um, uh, uh, climate change, part of why we have climate change. And so geothermal energy, it takes from the earth. It takes from what God has already created and it powers whatever it needs to power. So I don't know if there are companies right now, I did not look this up, but you all look this up and do some research for yourself. I don't know if there are companies that are using geothermal energy or if there are residential homes that are using geothermal energy. Um, there was more information on the page on energy.gov, but I didn't get all of that information. So you go and research it for yourself, and I'm actually going to research it for myself so that I'll know like who right who right now is tapping in to this jerk. Uh, geothermal energy. Like, I wouldn't mind tapping in if I could. Anything to cut down my electric bill, I'm with. <laughs> as long as it's going to keep my home safe, if it can power my home, my lights, my heat, my the water heat and all of that, I am with it. So I'm going to do a little bit more research on geothermal energy. Okay, so this is bioenergy, all right? So biomass is an organic renewable energy source that includes materials such as agricultural and forest residues. I'm sorry, yeah, residues, energy crops, and algae. When I heard about algae, I know we find algae in the sea, right? I was like, they can take algae and use it as an energy source? Like, come on, somebody, that's all right. But you know what, y'all, I'm gonna tell y'all, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, the first thing I thought about when I read this about biomass includes agricultural and forest residue, energy crops and algae, I thought about manure. You know how farmers use manure to fertilize their crops? I thought about manure and I was just like, I'm about to look this up because I, I feel like I remember somebody using manure 
to power something. So I did a little bit of research and there is, let me see where I put it. So they, they don't use manure. I, I feel like I did not do any full research on the manure part. Um, I'm gonna have to do a little bit more research just for myself to know. But in looking it up without doing the full research, I came across Jordan Dairy Farms. So Jordan Dairy Farms is in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, I never say that right, Massachusetts. It was the first of five farms to produce energy from an anaerobic digester. I don't know what an anaerobic digester is, but this is what they are using to produce energy. So y'all go and look it up for yourself. I'll add exactly how you spell it to the chat so you can look it up for yourself. But this is basically what it's doing. Oh, it's telling me right here. Sorry, I got to get my nose. Ha! Anaerobic digestion is a natural process where microorganisms are broken down into organic waste materials. That's the biomass, the biomass that we we're just talking about. In the absence of oxygen, so the oxygen is taken away, there's this breakdown of organic waste materials, and the system that they use helps to power whatever their systems are. I don't know if it's their lights or their, you know, whatever it is, they're using this particular process of biomass in order to produce energy on their farm. Uh, this is saving. I, I don't know how much this might be saving in electricity. Oh, yes, yes, I do. Y'all, look, y'all, I wrote my notes down a while ago. I don't forget what I put in my notes. I actually put it in my notes, so let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. So every day, Jordan Dairy Farm, every day they generate enough clean energy for the following, or to offset 5,500 pounds of CO2 emissions. Y'all know that CO2 emissions comes from our carburetor, comes from our car, it's emitted as we're going up and down the road. So their clean energy on Jordan Dairy Farms, it offsets 5,500 pounds of CO2 emissions. Or look at it this way, 6,000 miles of CO2, which is a carbon monoxide. 6,000 miles, 6,000 6, miles, y'all, that's a lot. They are saving the environment, our planet, 6,000 miles worth of carbon monoxide emissions that comes from our car. That's a lot. Their clean energy powers enough for 135 days of electricity usage in an average American house or 317,000 hours of a 13 watt energy efficient CFL light bulb. So they are saving or, or this particular process that they're using could save the average American 134 days, or excuse me, let me say that correctly. Their, their energy source gives the American household 135 days of electricity usage. 134, excuse me, not 135, 134, let me make sure I have that right, 134 days. Like that's about half because we got 365. So that's about a quarter of the year, like about three months or so. 
And then it saves 317,000 hours of a 13 watt energy efficient CFL light bulb. I'll take it. <laughs> like I said, anytime I can save on my electricity, I will take it. And so I don't know how the um, owners or the individuals that are associated with Jordan Dairy Farms, I don't know how they came up with this particular process, but they are using it and it is part of the it is part of the biomass that the Department of Energy is working on. And actually, you all, their design has been approved. It's called the Quasar's Rutland System, R-U-T-L-A-N-D system, has been approved by the United States Department of Agriculture or the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service. So their system has been approved by the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. So they're doing it, y'all. And I love it. Like, I love to hear success stories like that, where people like you and me, like everyday people, come up with these amazing, come up with these amazing creations, these amazing inventions that help other people save energy, save lives, whatever the case may be. In the case of this, actually save energy and save lives, right? And so I wanted to share that with you about biomass. Like, I, I love that. Like, I love that I just was able to find that just in my search about manure. <laughs> Y'all look up the cow manure, house, the horse manure, and see, because I do feel like people have used it or at least done some experimentation about using manure to power energy or as an energy source okay so that's the biomass um which is a bioenergy and that was all i think i wanted to share with you oh i did want to share one more piece of information as it relates to climate change i didn't know i think i kind of heard faint talking about this but this is something that's real. And I looked up my state, I actually looked up all the states in the United States, and there's every state that has either established what I'm about to share with you, or they are working on establishing what I'm about to share with you. So there is a clean energy and sustainability accelerator. So let me say that again so you can get it. The Clean Energy and Sustainability Accelerator is an independent, nonpartisan nonprofit finance entity that will operate as the United States National Green Bank. So this particular bank will be will use public funds to mobilize more private investments to accelerate deployment of clean and resistant infrastructure in every community in the United States. So they are looking to produce or to, to garner funds or to get some funds from private investments in order to help with clean energy. I like this, y'all. In my state, we don't have this bank established, but they are working on it. If you want to know more information, if you want to see where your state is in this process, you can go to coalitionforgreencapital.com slash accelerator. I'm going to put the link in the description so that you can have easy access. I like that they are, that our United States government, you know, with all the bad you all that we hear, this is a, this was a bipartisan effort, y'all. So I know that the Senate and the House can come together. They came together 
to have this clean energy and sustainability accelerator, if they came together to establish this for all Americans, for climate, you know, to support climate change, and I know that they can come together for other things. So when I read about this, I'm really excited about it, y'all. I'm really excited about clean energy. I'm excited about those scientists and other individuals, young people who are interested in saving the planet. And I will encourage you to do what you can to save the planet. Now, I know some people are gonna get mad at what I'm about to say, and I'm okay with that, but, if you can, stop buying water, stop buying plastic water bottles, like water and plastic bottles. If you can get a, a filtering system like a Brita or a, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, doing a, a public, I guess I am doing a public service announcement, but I'm not, um, what do I want to say? They're like, they're not my sponsors or anything like that. I actually have a Brita Max um, water filtering system that I use and I just put the water in my reusable cup so that I won't have to have all that plastic. So if you can get like a, a filtering system, whether it's a pitcher, I have like a big, a couple of gallons, um, um, it's not called a tank, but it's a, one of the larger water pitchers. They also make the, the smaller pitchers that you can put in the refrigerator. If you can get a water filtering system to help to help support the planet, okay? Um, if you do have plastic water bottles and think about recycling, if you can, you know, recycle your cardboards. We're, we've been doing a lot of ordering since, the, a lot of online ordering since the pandemic. If you can, recycle your cardboard boxes, recycle that plastic that comes in the cardboard boxes, recycle your newspapers, recycle your envelopes, recycle your toilet tissue holders. Like there's so many ways that we can support having a, a, a cleaner environment for ourselves and then for our generations to come. So do what you can to conserve our, the, our planets, you know, as best you can, as much as you can, all right? Y'all don't be upset with me. I said what I said to sip and say with Stephanie, but if you can, Stop buying those plastic water bottles. There's there's a there's a better way to get your your water, your filtered water, and then say help save our planet. Okay, I'm gonna take a sip on that. All right. So let me get back to where I was. Okay, so there are some advances in environmental justice. Y'all may not be into reduce, recycle, reuse as much as I am, and that's okay. I don't wanna put on you something that I do. It's just something that I am encouraging you to do to help save our planet, get rid of them plastic water bottles. All right, advances, so the Build Back Better Act will help advance environmental justice through a new clean energy and sustainability accelerator, which is what I just shared with you, that was that. Um, where investments will happen around the country and it will deliver about 40% of the benefits of those investments will be delivered to disadvantaged communities. So 40% will be poured into disadvantaged communities, okay? And this is a part of the President's Justice 40 Initiative, okay? The President's Justice 40 Initiative. I did not look up what the, the Justice 40 Initiative is, so do, do a Google search, do some research for whatever search engine you use, use your search engine, do some research for yourself, the President's Justice 40 Initiative, all right? 
Let me make sure I got everything with that. Yep, that's it. So let's keep it moving. The One of the biggest expansions of the Build Back Better is in healthcare, is in healthcare, y'all. This one was good. Oh no, I forgot to get the information. I forgot to go back and get this information, you all. I might do it right now. While, while I'm reading one part, I think I'm gonna look up the other part. So this is what I was looking up, y'all. The Build Back Better Act will reduce prescription drugs. Y'all, drugs in America, I, I might have to do like a separate little video, y'all, but I was looking up just in my own, you know, research, drugs in other countries cost significantly less than drugs in America. I cannot tell, I did, I, and I see a chart that I was looking at. I can't remember what the particular drug is I was looking up, but it showed the chart. It showed the, you know, the, all the countries, I think it was from, from the least expensive or the least, yeah, the least expensive cost to the most expensive cost for this particular prescription drug. And the United States was at the very bottom because it was the most expensive. So anyway, I looked up insulin because I had a family, well, I have one family member now that takes insulin. So I looked up insulin and that's what I forgot to print off y'all. So I'm sorry about that. I may try to get it before I leave, but I did look up EpiPen and you all know what an EpiPen is. It's used for um, for allergies, uh, for anaphylaxis, not allergies, yeah, allergies, anaphylaxia shock. Like if you're having an allergic reaction like peanuts or uh, any other kind of nuts, soy, you know, not soy, but milk, any type of alert, you, we use an EpiPen. So when I was at um, in the classroom, I did take training every single year because I work with special needs children all of my career except for one year, all of my career in education except for one year. And I did have some EC students in that classroom. It just wasn't a full class like normal. But uh, I had to do a training every year for the EpiPen and for Diastat. So Diastat is another prescription drug that helps with um, seizures. That particular drug helps with seizures, um, the Diastat. But I had some EpiPens in my classroom that I had to keep, you know, in the class. I didn't keep it locked because it's life-saving, you know, it's a life-saving drug. So I needed to have easy access. My instructional assistants needed to have easy access. The nurse needed to have easy access. But I did keep it on the top shelf. So of course my children didn't have access. But this is what I was looking up, y'all. An EpiPen is a life-saving medication. It's a life-saving drug. The average price of an EpiPen, y'all, which means there are prices higher and there are prices lower. The average price, y'all, of an EpiPen for two, coming in a two-pack, is $396.54. That's almost $200 per EpiPen. This is a life-saving medication, y'all. Like, and it costs almost $400. Can y'all imagine if you have a child that needs that EpiPen and you have to pay $400? Because see, parents really, so because we kept we kept an EpiPen in the class. I think some of my, I think some of my, um, there was one parent in particular where I did have two EpiPens for this particular parent. They actually sent me the full two pack. And then, but you got to keep one at school and you got to have one at home. Parents probably have to have one in their, in their, in their car or somewhere where they're out shopping or doing whatever. So in case, you know, there's an allergic reaction, you know, there, 
that's a lot of money, y'all, for a life-saving medication, a life-saving drug. Almost $400 is a lot. I don't know if you all have used GoodRx, but when I, um, my doctor gave me a prescription, I think back in 2020 for two drugs. And um, it's not because I was sick. It's just something that I was trying to, anyway, um, it had to do with my toes. Like I had a fungus on my toes. So she, you know, gave me two prescription drugs to clear it up. That's what it was. So y'all mind won't be going somewhere else. Let me just tell you what it was. Those drugs were a little pricey. I went to GoodRx. I printed off the coupon to get to the drugstore. And I think I ended up paying like 25 for both drugs. Like they were very, maybe, maybe it was more like 30. Maybe it was more like 30, 35 for both drugs. So good, or if you get your EpiPens through GoodRx, G-O-O-D-R-X, then it costs $100, $143.62 for your two EpiPens. Now, if I can get two EpiPens for $143, why do I have to pay $396? Why are drug companies charging that much? And let me see, because I did have it, y'all. I had it and I, I lost it, um, or I didn't lose it, but I didn't print it off so that I could see it. But let me see if I can find it for you right now while we're on. So here, I'm on GoodRx.com. So this is where I got the information from. You may want to check out a different site to see if the information is comparable. But I went here. Um, let me see if I can get where I want it to go because I did get this information straight from, from um, GoodRx. I don't see what I wanted to see. But I am looking up on GoodRx. Y'all can look it up for yourself. And the lowest price I see for an epi, a two-pack EpiPen is $113.49. And it has up here where you can actually get the coupon, print it off, and take it to that particular drugstore to get that price that's quoted, okay? Um, I wanted to know how much it costs for the EpiPen. Like, I'm curious to know how much does it cost to make the EpiPen. Let me see if I can look it up. How much does it cost to like produce an EpiPen? Because I, I, can, I can guarantee that it's significantly less to actually produce the medication than it is to um, that then, then they actually charge for it. Like they are hiking up the price significantly. So let me see. There's a few websites here that gives me some information. Um, I'm always kind of curious about which site to go on. Uh, oh, let me go here. Let me see if I can go back to GoodRx since that's where I started. Let me see. Uh, see, it says right here that one of the most popular types of EpiPens costs up to about $650 for a two-pack. That's $325, y'all. That's a lot. So let me just see if I can find out about how much it costs to make the EpiPen. Uh, I'm not seeing it, y'all. I'm not seeing what I want, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and move on. If I do find it, you all, I will put it in the description, okay? If I find out how much it costs to actually manufacture the EpiPen, I'll put it in the description so you all will know 
how our um, pharmaceutical companies hike up prices. And they know that families, adults are gonna buy this because they either need it for themselves or they need it for their child. Because again, it's a life-saving medication. And it's a shame that our pharmaceutical companies in America charge so much money for prescription drugs and, it, and nothing has been done about it. Like our senators, our um, House, of House of Representatives that make up our Congress, they allow these pharmaceutical companies to get away with this stuff. And I don't understand it, I genuinely don't. But the Build Back Better Act will work to reduce prescription costs. It will work to strengthen the Affordable Care Act when I um, left uh, the public school system for two years, I was actually at an early learning center, a child development center, and I had insurance through the Affordable Care Act. So I'm thankful that it was available to me so that I could still have health coverage. So it's the um, Affordable Care Act. They're looking to reduce premiums for about 9 million Americans. They're going to close the Medicaid coverage gap, leading to about, or excuse me, helping about 4 million uninsured people get coverage. That's big. And they're gonna expand Medicare to cover hearing benefits. So as you know, Medicaid is mainly for children. Medicare is for our seniors or older adults. So that's how the healthcare system will benefit from um, the Build Back Better Act. Pharmaceutical companies won't benefit, but our American citizens who work every day you know, to have, a, you know, to pay for their bills, to take care of their families, we will get some relief in those areas. All right. I think this is, I only got two more to go, y'all. Um, so this is going to help like our middle class families, our middle class. Um, they're going to make uh, an investment in affordable housing. Y'all, that's B. Affor Afford so how by purchasing a home, I know da, 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 da. purchasing a home is one way you start to build wealth for your family. Okay. Purchasing a home is a wealth builder. So the Build Back Better Act is going to uh, make a, a significant comprehensive investment in affordable housing. I I think about the city that I used to live in and some of the areas within the city and how there were families that lived in apartments in the lower, I would say lower wealth communities. And I know that those parents wanted to purchase a home so that their child could, you know, not only so that they could, you know, have home, you know, have the the benefit and the joy of home ownership, but also so that their children could have a front yard or a backyard or some type of yard that they can play in and they wouldn't have to play, you know, in the street. So, and, and I'm not saying I talked to any of this, I'm just kind of thinking about this because some of these neighborhoods I lived in, you know, and so, yeah. So having affordable housing for all Americans, that's huge, that's huge. Um, they will extend the earned income tax credit for about 17 million low-wage families or low-wage workers, excuse me. They will expand access to affordable, high-quality education beyond high school. So I looked this up to see what they meant by this. So this is what they mean. They're going to increase the Pell Grant by $550. I went to school as a freshman on the Pell Grant. So the Pell Grant was a huge benefit for me to begin my college education. So the Build Back Better Act will increase the Pell Grant 
max to 550. They will also make historical investments in HBCUs and TCUs, which are tribal colleges and universities, and in MSLs, which are minority serving institutions, okay? So there will be money poured into these um, institutions, into these uh, institutions of education to support our children to get higher education. Um, the Build Back Better Act will also promote nutrition security to support children's health. I'm gonna take a sip. So you all been in education for a lot of years. There have been families, you all, that had food insecurity. Yeah. We've had some families that just needed help financially. And thankfully, the school that I used to work at when I was an instructional assistant, we were able to get them some help. Our assistant principal, she kept grocery store gift cards in her office. We could go to her, any, anybody within the school environment, any of the staff members could go to her and say, I have a family, you know, they, they need some groceries, they're experiencing food insecurities, however we worded it with her, and she would give us the gift card that we could give to the family. I really, really appreciated her for that. Um, I don't know whose budget that came out of, and it really didn't matter to me. I was just thankful that we had access to that for our families. There was one year, I remember it very clearly, the church that I went to, it was, um, they actually supported one of our families with a Thanksgiving meal. I, I spoke with them. I was like, y'all, I have this family. I can't remember how many was in the household, but I have this family. They need some help for Thanksgiving. Can you all help? And they did. They, I connected the, um, the young lady who was in charge at the church. I connected her with this family. They communicated. They set up a date and a time. And the church family took a full meal to the family within our classroom. I appreciated that. That, that you know, at that time, I didn't make, you know, a lot of money. Um, and so I wasn't able to do it myself. So I reached out to somebody who could support them and they did. There um, are also other agencies that we have used to support our families. For example, we had one family every year that she was with us. I got her new glasses. Her mom was a single parent mom with two children. And I knew that there was this foundation, um, actually the North Carolina Foundation, and they supported children with um, coats and clothes and glasses, just things that they needed to be successful in school. So every year I, I have to have, go through an application process. I went through the application process for her family and she was able to get new glasses every year. You could just do it, you know, just a year at a time. So every year, I think she was with us for two years. I, this was in the EC classroom. So our children came at three and they left, you know, at five, um, unless we were able to, you know, move them out of the program. If they made so much progress, we, we were able to get them out of the program. But if they needed to stay, they were with us from, you know, three, oh, four year old, five year old, so up to three years. And so I think she was with us two years. And so we were able to do that. 
So I know glasses don't have anything to do with food insecurities, but just wanted to, to share that there are children, there are families who are in need, you know, and this mom worked every day, you know, to take care of her child, her two, um, her two girls. And those, those girls, like she took care of those girls. Like she, she wasn't spending the money or just like doing frivolous things. Like she was taking care of her children and her older daughter would come sometimes like when we had, like we did like a Christmas party, graduation, like different events we had where we invited the families her daughter would come to. Just a really sweet family. And so just going back to families who, um, who experience food insecurities, the Build Back Better would help support, you know, these families. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so where was I? Let me um, get back. Okay, let me get back to where I was. So it will not only, so it will expand. This is how they will promote nutrition security to support children's health. They, would, they will expand the free school meals program to 8.7 million children during the school year. And they will provide $65 per child per month so that children could eat during the summer, so that their family could, you know, buy groceries and make sure that they have food during the summer. Um, in the city that I work in, they actually have a free food program. Um, so during the summer, you can go. I don't know if they do it every single day or a couple of times a week. I don't know about that. But they actually have a tent because I see them when I'm going to work. They have a tent set up with a sign on it. And I see, you know, children sometimes. It might be for adults too, but they have the tables and everything set up. And I know I see some children that are out there eating. And they also have bags of groceries that those families, you know, can take with them. Also, um, of course, pre-pandemic, the library, the um, public library, they had a free meal program. So every it was every single day, Monday through Friday, and it was during story time. So I think they had it from like 1130 to 1230 or 1130 to 1. And you can go in, the children would get the meal, and then they would sit down for story time. How do I know? Because I have taken my older niece and nephew, or my niece and nephew that's been with me the longest, we would go. I was, I was, kind of nervous when I first took them. This was when they were younger. I was an instructional assistant. You know, I, I had enough. You know, I was taking care of, but you know, I went to the free program to help support, you know, make sure they had what they needed. And so we went the first time. I did not know how the kids would, you know, didn't know if they would like it or not. Auntie, are we going back tomorrow? Sure. I would read sometimes too. Like I would, because I was there, it's like, you want to read? Sure. You know, I'm a teacher. I would love to read. So I would read to the children sometimes. And so, you know, that was available and we would go some, um, a couple of times a week, sometimes just once a week, kind of whatever was happening that week. And the kids were able to engage with other kids. They heard story and they got a nutritious meal. So food insecurity is real, y'all. It is real. Have I experienced food insecurity when I was in my younger year? Yes, I have. But God always provided. I'm just going to say God always provided. Sometimes it was just enough and it was okay. I, 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 I didn't waste away. <laughs> I didn't turn into skin and bones, y'all. So, yeah, so there are families that experience in, uh, food insecurity. And again, I have I have a short time in my life, you know, and I actually, actually during that time, y'all, I did go to social services and I did apply for government assistance and I did get it. And so I was thankful to have that support so that I could get some nutritious meals for myself, um, you know, and be okay. So, yeah, yeah, it's real. It's real. All right. Um, also, um, the 65. Okay, so I finished with that. All right. Next thing with the um, Build Back Better as far as 
costs to strengthen the middle class families and the middle class generations is that they will have, or the Build Back Better Act will give a historic investment in equity, safety, and reform. Excuse me, let me say that again. In equity, safety, and fairness. So this will this is a part of the rural America or the rural 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 R U R A E L partnership program. So this particular program will help tribal nations and territories provide nutrition. Let me make sure I wrote that right. Okay, yeah. So we'll help tribal nations and territories provide nutrition, provide investment in materials for health and community violence intervention initiative. So let me say all that again to make sure it's understandable, to make sure that I'm communicating this accurately. So rural partnership program will help tribal communities and territories. It will provide nutrition and they will make an investment in materials that will be for the health benefit of communities, okay? It will also have a community violence intervention program, or excuse me, let me say that again, the community violence intervention initiative, and it will help small businesses. So that's a lot, y'all. Just in that one little investment in equity, safety, and fairness, they're gonna help uh, tribal nations and territories. They're gonna help communities that are experiencing extreme violence. They're gonna help invest in small businesses, and they're gonna make some investments in materials as it relates to health. So that's a lot of um, areas that will benefit communities to be healthier, to grow their small business, to help hopefully help curb some of the violence that we are experiencing in our communities, all right? And the last thing is they will invest in immigration reform. And we do need some immigration reform. It takes, you know, some citizens a long time to get citizenship in America. It's, it's, a, it's a process. And so I think some reform as it relates to immigration will be very helpful for, um, for those that are coming to our country, you know, for better opportunities and, you know, and other things. All right. So the last thing, actually, that was the last thing. <laughs> That actually was the last thing um, for the Build Back Better plan that I wanted to share with you. I also want to give you this tidbit of information, and then I'm going to go to the comments in the chat. So um, the Build Back Better framework is fully paid. According to WhiteHouse.gov, it's fully paid, and I'm going to tell you how. Combined with savings from repealing the Trump administration's rebate rule, the plan is fully paid for by asking more from very large corporations and the wealthiest Americans, okay? So the 2017 tax credit delivered a windfall to these wealthy groups of people, and this Build Back Better framework will help reduce, or excuse me, not reduce, reverse, help reverse that particular act and it will help invest in our future, okay? So no one making under $400,000 will pay a penny more in taxes. So you will, with this Build Back Better Act, if you make less than $400,000, you will not pay more in taxes, okay? So this is what the framework is hoping to do or the act is hoping to do. Stop large profitable corporations from paying zero in taxes and tax corporations that buy back stock 
rather than invest in the company. They're gonna start rewarding corporations for, for shipping jobs and profits overseas. They're gonna ask for highest income Amer the highest income Americans to pay their fair share. And I agree with all of that. And I think I have one more page. This is gonna be the last one. They're going, we're, they're going to invest in enforcing our existing tax laws so that the wealthy pay what they owe. The wealthy y'all get tax breaks. Like they tax me. I don't want to say that. they they tax me hard, y'all. I get taxed hard, I really do. But the wealthiest of our country, they don't get taxed. I mean, like they have lawyers and loopholes and all that. I don't have the I don't have the money to pay for lawyers to find me a tax loophole. But a lot of the corporations and the wealthiest Americans, they have lawyers to find those loopholes, so they pay lower taxes or no taxes at all. I'm gonna just be honest, y'all. I'm not mad at them because if the if the tax loopholes are out there, why not take advantage of them, right? But the tax loopholes should not be there. Let's just say it how it is. They should not be there so that the wealthiest Americans are set so that corporations could take advantage. So get rid of those tax loopholes, which were which is what the Build Back Better Act is is, is wanting to do. Get rid of those tax loopholes so that all Americans can pay their fair share of taxes, okay? All right, because I want, if I'm paying my fair share, doggone it, I want everybody to pay their fair share, all right? I don't know how y'all feel about it, but that's how Stephanie feel about it. I said, what I said. <laughs> I've never said that before. I said what I said. Anyway, so those are some of the highlights or some of the significant portions of the Build Back Better Act. Y'all, this act is going to be good. If, if we can get the Senate to pass this, then I think it would be of great benefit for all Americans. The very last thing I want to say about this is if the Senate does not pass the bill, which remember I said at the beginning of the broadcast, they're supposed to be having that discussion and, and either voting for or against it sometime this month, so they have only four more days to do it. Um, but if the Senate does not pass the bill, then the Democrats may introduce or pass a bill with only parts of the full bill. Y'all, I don't want just parts of this bill back better. I want the full bill back better act. I want the full act because I feel like all Americans need to benefit from this act and not just certain Americans, okay? I think all parts of this act are good and will be of great benefit to families. And I want it all, not only for myself, but for my community, for you, for my fellow American citizens. I want this for all of us, okay? All right, so that's all I have to say about the Build Back Better Act at this moment. Right, y'all. So look, y'all, that took me a little, almost an hour and a half to get through that with my conversations, right? So I'm going to look at the chat and see, um, just want to make sure that I shared all of my notes with you. I know it's a lot of information, but when I give information, I want to be as accurate and as thorough as I absolutely can. And y'all know I don't mind admitting if I don't know something or if I got it wrong, I don't mind admitting that at all. If you have some information that maybe I, I may have missed, maybe I didn't type it in right or something like that, and you will have a correction, I'm, I'm okay to be corrected. Like I am so okay to be corrected. You can add it to the chat or add it to the comment section. I will wholeheartedly receive that from you. So let me go to the um, chat. 
So I see that, um, hold on, let me get my cursor ready. Um, so I see that, uh, oh, my mom was saying she's gonna, she has to think twice about electric cars because of a thunderstorm or a lightning storm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I like solar energy too. I remember when I first saw like the, um, the windmills, I think in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, like I just saw pictures or videos. I've never been to Texas. I'll never plan to go there, praise the Lord. But when I saw the pictures of windmills, I was so fascinated. Those turbines, I was so fascinated, so fascinated that you could use turbines for, or, you know, for wind energy. I was just like, why is this not up everywhere, y'all? You know what I'm saying? So I love that they have that source of power, you know, for the Texans. That's all right with me. Okay, so let me keep reading. Are these pen universal or are they specialized for each allergy? The EpiPens are universal, if I'm not mistaken. They are for any type of like nut allergy or um, other allergies that may occur. But look that up for yourself. And I say nut allergy because for my children that had an EpiPen, it was mainly nuts and dairy because I did uh, and red dye. So the EpiPen I think is universal, universal either for all or most allergies. Because like I said, in the past, my kids had like mainly nut allergies, but my last year teaching, I didn't know it was going to be my last year in the classroom, but my last year in the classroom, I had a child that had dairy allergy, he had egg allergy, he um, he had a red dye allergy, and he had, um, a, uh, was it a nut, it was three. I know it was dairy because I remember having eggs. I have to keep an allergy list, I'm reading through my allergy list, it was red dye, the eggs, and I, I think it was nuts, if I'm not mistaken. And we had Benadryl for him, and we had the EpiPen for him. And so, yeah, if something would have happened, we kept him away. Like, we we didn't separate him from the class, but well, when we ate, we did. He had his own table, because he, and his parents brought his lunch, so we didn't have to worry about what the cafeteria was feeding him. They chose, they made a choice to bring his own lunch just to keep him safe. And so um, he sat at his own table, and there were a couple of other children that bought their lunch. I did ask parents not to bring any kind of nut product, like no peanuts or any kind of nuts in the classroom. But just, you know, sometimes the cafeteria may have been sort of like jello, like just whatever. And just to keep him safe, we had one of my instructional assistants actually sat at a table with him. And, um, you know, again, just to keep him safe from the other foods that were happening in the classroom. Now, when we had parties and stuff, that was store-bought things. And we would be checking the list and make sure. And, of course, he was a part of that because it was store-bought and everybody was eating the same thing as opposed to, like, different food. Him, you know, being introduced to different foods. So, yes. So, I'm reading here that the EpiPen manufacturer, Mylan, Mylan costs $30 to manufacture. Y'all, I... If I knew I wouldn't break my phone, I just want to throw something right now, y'all. $30 to manufacture, but it costs $300 to purchase that two pen EpiPen. They are making, how, how much profit is that for my for my math scholars? I almost want to say a $1,000 profit, but like a, a, a hundred, a hundred times a hundred profit. Um, yeah, times a hundred profit. Y'all, y'all, y'all know that's not right. Uh, this, this pharmaceutical company should not be able to mark up a life-saving medication 100 times. That's ridiculous. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe two times. Just get, take your $30. 
I, I don't know who produces myelin. I'm gonna look it up and find out. Just take your thirty dollars, manufacture it for thirty, charge sixty. Take your thirty dollars and keep it moving. Because of all the people in all the free world that have allergies, whoever this company is, they're not gonna be missing this money. Y'all think about these ph pharmaceutical companies. I might have to do a sip and say with Stephanie on, on, on pharmaceutical companies so that we can see what their profits look like. But I can almost guarantee that the minimum. The, look at my neck row, the minimum of their profits is in the millions, like minimum in the millions. Some of them probably making billions of dollars, y'all, off of people who need medication. Like that, that just, ooh, that made me mad, that made me mad. I do not need medication. I am not on any type of medication, but I am fighting, you know, a, a mad for the people who are on medication and need this life. Y'all, that made me mad. That makes me mad. But let me digress because I need to be able to let y'all go and I need to go. I'm going to keep reading the chat. So that was in 2016. So mom put that was in 2016. It cost $30. They were charging $300. So we'll have to see if things have changed in 2022. All right. <laughs> All right. So also I'm reading my mom put um, a chat. The help programs are wonderful. Yes, I agree. It's sad. Um, the sadness is some parents' pride and ego won't allow them to aid their family and children in time of need. And then the children suffer. Oh, I see what my mom is saying. Like there are some families who, or there are some parents who may not let. So for example, like um, one of my brothers and my sister, they have kids. So just say if I wanted to help them and they said, no, Stephanie, you know, we don't need your help. My sister and brother are not going to do that. I'm just using them as an example because I know they won't mind. But if I was like, well, you know, let me help you out. And they say, no, mom is saying that that could be their pride getting in the way of receiving the help that they need to support their children, you know, because they, 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 they are my nieces and nephews come from my, from my oldest brother and from my sister. That's all the nieces and all the seven of them come from them. <laughs> So they've never told me no, and I don't think they ever will, because you know they know that Auntie loves her nieces and nephews. But that that's very true. My mom brought up a very valid point. There could be some parents in your family. There could be some friends of yours, even coworkers of yours, who you know they need some help. You know that their food, they're experiencing some food insecurities, and for 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 whatever reason, it could be their pride. One of those reasons could be pride. They don't receive the help, y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all what I've done before. I haven't done this in a while because I, I currently don't personally know anybody who needs help. But a while ago, I would just hide the money like in a pocket or something. <laughs> I would just slip the money in a pocket. One time I sent money to uh, like a friend of mine through the mail and she was like, why you send me this? She, she got two kids. Why you send me this money? Hey, take it up with the Lord. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Take it up with the Lord. So, you know, sometimes we want to bless people. Sometimes you might have to figure out how to bless them. Like you might have to slip it in their coat pocket or or maybe send them a card where you know they're not going to send that cash back, you know, or give them a holy handshake. You know, in the church, we say a holy handshake. You just put some money in the hand, give them a holy handshake. There, there might be other ways that you may have to bless them. Um, and, you, and they really don't have to know you did it. You know, you can just slip it in their pocket because they reach in their pocket and be like, where, you know, where this $100 bill come from? Where this 50 come from? Or, or where this $1,000 come from? You know, you if God tells you to bless somebody and you know they may be reluctant to receive it, 
maybe God will give you a creative way to still bless them, you know, and, and it just, you know, and I'm going to just leave that there. <laughs> Don't y'all go back and say, Stephanie told me to do this. Well, you can because I am telling you to do it. <laughs> I am telling you to do it, but yeah, so sometimes that does happen. The pride does get in the way um, of, of, of our family being supported or having the things that they need, but prayerfully, we will all be humble to receive whatever help um, that we need or whatever support that we need. Hopefully, we will be humble enough to receive that and take it as God looking out for us. Take it as God taking care of us. You know, take it as God being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Because see, God, let me tell y'all something. My mama done started something. Let me tell y'all something. God is not... God can do this if he wants to, but I don't think, and I'm going to say God is not going to reach his hand down from heaven <laughs> and drop a hundred dollars in your hand or in your lap or drop a thousand or a million dollars. God not going to do that. What God does is he uses people <laughs> to bless people. So if somebody wants to bless you, receive that. It's not that, like, let me tell y'all this situation. I ain't gonna name no names. I'm gonna just say a family member. There was a family member who I was supporting their children. <laughs> and, 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 and their spouse wondered why I was helping to support their children. And I only supported those particular children in the family and not the other children in the family. So it had to be explained to the spouse what my role was in these children's lives. And whether you're here or whether you're not here, Stephanie is going, going to continue to do, you know, for these children. It was the pride. It was, it was the spouse's pride that was causing him to ask this and cause him to have a problem with. Because what he thought was, I didn't mean to say agenda, but what the spouse thought was, I was saying that they couldn't provide for the children, but I wasn't saying that at all. I was saying that, that the, this, the, these children are associated with me and I'm going to do for them. I did them did, did for them before you came along. I'm going to do for them now. And if you ever go, I'm going to continue to do for them just like your spouse told you. And so pride can be a hindrance to, you know, to, to, to receiving help or the resources that you need. And not even from, from family members, it could be from teachers. Like maybe your teacher wants to bless you or wants to help you with your child. I'm gonna just tell y'all one thing. I worked with an instructional assistant. We had two sisters that were in our classroom and we could tell that the family was struggling. My assistant, she didn't ask no questions. She, did, she went out and bought what she bought for the family and she just gave it to them and that's what it was. She didn't ask no questions. She didn't ask them, do y'all need? She just bought what she bought, gave it to them and, and kept it moving. So sometimes, like I said, you just gotta do what you gotta do because it's about children. Like I, I don't care about no adults and how you feel and then you mad, you hurt, you upset, you prideful. I'm looking at these kids, you know, and what they need. So my mama done opened up a whole little speech for me to talk about that but that just is what it is so look y'all it's, it's been about it's been an hour and a half 
So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I hope that you received some good information about, um, let me make sure I got all the uh, the chats. Oh, I miss, I miss my cousin. She talked about, she said, insect repellent and perhaps a disinfectant when cow dung is burned. The smoke that comes out has been found to repel insects, including mosquitoes. That's really good to know. Thank you so much for sharing that. Y'all, this got me thinking. Y'all see y'all comments is bringing up other situations and other thoughts, but that's good. That's really good. And I know when I was doing my research, I read something about cow manure being used, like I said, to power something, but I don't know if it was lab tested or person tested, and I don't know if it was sustainable. But y'all, this, so I had taken, a, I had a few things here in my kitchen that I needed to take out to the store, some things I was using for Christmas. And so I was taking it out to the storage and I was thinking about my neighbor. So my neighbors moved in permanently last year. And so I was thinking, I've never had to put sulfur or any type of snake repellent at my house because I've never seen snakes, but they have animals over there. And so, you know, you got animals, you got to feed them. And I was like, God, is this going to increase like rodents on my property or snakes or whatever because of all this stuff they have going on? I love my neighbors. I had nothing against them. That's their house. They, that's their property. They can do what they want to do on their property. But I was just kind of thinking, is that going to affect me some kind of way with all this stuff they got going over there with them animals and things? I don't know. But I, I've been thinking about taking some measures to make sure if rodents do come about because of all they have going over there, that they don't come, come about over up in here. So that's just a thought. Y'all pray for me for wisdom and for me to continue to be kind of my neighbors because they really are sweet. It's a really sweet family. And, you know, I'm just like, Lord, we got all these animals. Praise God. <laughs> Pray for me. Pray for me with the animals. I have nothing against animals. I'm just saying I hadn't planned to be living next door to any, and I'm gonna leave that there. Praise God. So y'all, I'm gonna let y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all go. Look, am I gonna share this with y'all tonight? I think I am. I think I want to share something with you all, and then I promise you, I'm gonna let y'all go. Oh, okay. My aunt asked, "Will the cow dung repel people?" <laughs> should have read that comment before I said it out loud. She said, well, the cow dung repel people. Oh, my Lord. If you burn it long enough, you just might repel. <laughs> if you burn it, you just might repel some people too. Oh, my gosh. Look, let me get something for y'all that I want to share with you because y'all might want to get this too. So look, y'all, I should have had this ready but I didn't. So I'm going to share this with you because maybe you want to get some of this for your sip and say, and I promise I said it's like preachers have three closes. I think I had like four or five closes, but look y'all, y'all don't judge me. Don't I'm a Christian and I'm a preacher ordained and all, but don't judge me on this. Okay. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a she can. Can y'all see that? This is a she can. So these, this is from the McBride sisters. McBride sisters are two African-American sisters and they have a winery. I can't remember where their winery is, but I will put their link in the description. So they have, this is a dry rose spit, spritzer. Let me back it up. It's, it's a she can. It's an island citrus spritzer. It has 8% um, alcohol by volume. So only 8%. That's my spritzer. And so then I have this spritzer. It's a coastal berry spritzer. It's my, this is my other she can. Coastal berry spritzer. It has 8% alcohol by volume. 
all right? And then I actually have, oh, it must be California, because this is my Rose California wine. So this is my Shecan wine. It has 12.5% alcohol in it. And then I have my Shecan Fresh, this is Fresh White. It's 12.5% alcohol. As you can see, I haven't opened any of these. I purchased them for $2. It was, I don't know if this is expensive. Y'all, I, I never bought nothing like this before. But it was $2.67 um, from Sam's Club. I'm not promoting Sam's Club. I'm just telling you where I purchased my cans from. For two, They were on sale for $2.67. And what, what attracted me is the fact that it's a can. Just the fact that it's got she can on it and it's you know geared towards my mouth. I'm gonna try this. I haven't tried any of them, but I, I think I'm planning. Let me say what I'm planning to do for my next sip and say with Stephanie. I'm gonna have me a wine glass full of one of these spritzers. I'm gonna either have my rose, I'm gonna either have either have my fresh white, I'm gonna have my coastal berry, or I'm gonna have my island citrus. So look, y'all, y'all got two weeks, I think. How many weeks y'all got? Y'all got one, two, y'all got three weeks to go get y'all a she can. So go to whatever grocery store you go to, you know, find you a she can and sip some she can um, spritzer or wine with me for the next sip and say with Stephanie, y'all. Look, y'all put in the chat which one y'all want me to try first because y'all probably want me to try it. Um, before y'all go out and buy it, right? Y'all might want to try it and that's okay. Which one y'all want me to try first? Y'all want me to try the rose or the fresh white or the coastal berry or the island citrus? Which one? Y'all let me know in the chat and that's the one I will drink for the next sip and say with Stephanie. You will get an exclusive of how whichever one you all choose, I'm going to go with the majority and you, are, you guys are going to watch me open it, pour it and sip it so you can get my real reaction. <laughs> to how these wines and spritzers taste, okay? So support them. Again, it's the McBride sisters. It's two African-American sisters. So this is a Black-owned business. It's a woman-owned business. They have their own winery, and they are doing it, y'all. So let's support them. If you're not, I did look on their site. I did not see any alcohol-free wines. Um, I don't know if they'll eventually have those, you know, um, and as a part of their products, I really don't know. But currently, they don't have any alcohol-free. But I think the spritzers, if you're not an alcohol drinker, the spritzers only have 8% alcohol by volume. So maybe this will be a nice... Um, uh, 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 a nice uh, product, I would I'll say, to try just the spritzer as opposed to the wine, okay? All right, y'all. <laughs> I am done. Will I get drunk with the rose flavors? I don't know, y'all, but we gonna... So, I don't drink alcohol normally. Like, me and my girlfriend, when we worked in the school, when we worked at a school together, every summer at the end of the year, we would get together either both of those or one of those. We would get together the summer just to kind of release, you know, from the school year. And sometimes we would get together at the end of the year, like sometime in December during our um, winter break, just to have some drinks and just to unwind. She would always order for me because I didn't, I don't know nothing about no cocktails. I mean, I've had daiquiris, like virgin daiquiris before. I've had a um, martini, was it a martini? It was a virgin martini. Was it a martini? Maybe a virgin martini, but like I've had a Long Island iced tea, which that's a lot of alcohol. I was not expecting that. I was just like, this is a lot, but okay. I can't remember the other drinks that I've had with her, but 
she's like the expert. So I have had a couple of drinks. I probably have had probably less than 10 drinks my entire life, but I'm about to have me some of this. She can. <laughs> and y'all will get to watch me drink some of my she can. I might try to wait and drink the she can with you, but I might try one ahead of time. Y'all don't judge me and y'all don't be mad. All right. So I'm going to, so I see the rose, the rose flavor. So I will make sure that I hold the rose and I'll have the rose with you at our next sip and say, look, my mom said a little wine for the stomach. <laughs> look, my mom encouraging me to drink, y'all. Y'all heard it here on Sip and Say with Stephanie. My mom is encouraging me to drink. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let me let y'all go. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It has been a pleasure engaging with you tonight as we discuss the Build Back Better plan. Our next Sip and Save with Stephanie will be about the John Lewis Voting Act. I'm going to go through the Voting Act. I'm going to pull out some parts that we can talk about so we can have some conversations about it. Just so you know, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, it did pass in the House. It has not yet passed in the Senate. So hopefully by the next time we get together, it would have passed so that we can have voting rights reform for all of Americans and not just particular groups. All right. All right. I love y'all. Take care. Have a great rest of the week. Bye-bye.